Angel Heart Radio programs should not be used to replace your legal or medical advice, nor your own sound judgment. Welcome to Angel Heart Radio, where we inspire you to remember your magnificence. Join the conversation on our live streams. Head on over to Angel Heart Radio on Facebook. And there's even more for you on angellight777.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Angel Heart Radio. It feels like ages since I've been with you and what a beautiful way to return with my awesome guest today, Edgar Pablos. Welcome, Edgar. Thank you so much, Anaya. Great to be here. Today we're going to talk about the movie Angel Lady. Facebook, please, everyone, go check it out, Angel Lady Movie. We're going to talk about what Edgar's passion, his purpose as the director of this movie is, and what his core beliefs are about why this is an important story to tell right now. Edgar, you grew up in El Paso. Yes. You currently live in LA. So you've got a broad range of experience between where you grew up, where you are now, and what's brought you to this point in time to be feeling so passionate about this wonderful project yes yes and and it all stems from my uh relationship with the producers sherry myers and dan moore uh they're dear friends of mine who we actually met in el paso uh, <laughs> nice it's 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 really it's funny I've, I've always known i wanted to be in the film industry and uh one of my favorite filmmakers is walter hill and I heard that Walter Hill was coming to my hometown to make a movie. And I tried so hard to get on that set. And uh, I tried everything. And, you know, not to go into more details, but I snuck onto the set and uh, befriended Dan Moore, who was the costume designer of the film. And Dan had just gotten married to Sherry and uh, loved that I was a fan of Walter Hill. We struck up a conversation and he was the nicest man. And appreciated that I was a fan of this director because Dan had worked with this director for many years. And uh, that friendship is now over 25 years old. And uh, they've been mentors to me. They've been friends to me. And when they told me about this project, I, you know, and they asked me to direct it, I came on board immediately. I thought this was a great idea of, of forgiveness. You know, that's the theme of, of knowing when to ask for help and then for forgiveness. And so those are themes that I hold dearly because uh, I, I don't know about you, but it's really hard for me to ask for help. Oh my, oh, it's, it's the same. It is absolutely the same, Edgar. And, and just touching on Sherry and Dan for a moment, mm-hmm. I've never met Dan, mm-hmm. but I, I just have this heart connection with him. And of course, Sherry is a magnificent human being. Uh, And we spoke with Sherry, uh, not last week, but the week before. So that's on the podcast on Angel Heart Radio. And it's also on our Facebook page. And I listened to the podcast yesterday, Edgar. It was so inspiring. I loved every minute. She's so wonderful. So you guys as a team, plus other team members who we will talk about as well. I just feel like this is kind of like a a golden mix, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. It is. We, we have a great team with us. It also, it all started in El Paso, as a matter of fact, because our other producer, Jeffrey Wetzel, who is a first assistant director and um, has done many, many big films. 
uh, he's a legend in the industry as an AD. He was the first assistant director on this movie that Walter Hill directed in El Paso called Last Man Standing uh, that uh, starred Bruce Willis, uh, the big action <laughs> movie set in the 1930s. So it was like this gangster Western, uh, which was a remake of the Akira Kurosawa film, Yojimbo, the samurai film. And um, it was Dan Moore, after I got to know him, uh, who hired me as a PA on that movie. Um, he, he asked me to, to show Sherry around El Paso. After I snuck onto the set, I had my laser discs of all of Walter's movies and he, uh, he loved that I was a fan so that uh, I asked if Walter could sign my laser discs and Dan said, sure. And then Dan asked me if, you know, since I was from El Paso that he and Sherry had actually written another story, another script that had taken place in El Paso. And if I wouldn't mind showing Sherry around El Paso. So I took Sherry around all day. It was a, a wonderful way to get to know her and to hear the kinds of stories that she likes, uh, the that she gravitated towards. And we became instant friends. And uh, as a way to thank me, Dan uh, hired me the next day to be a set PA for his department. And that was the first movie I ever worked on in Hollywood, in my hometown. And uh, from there, he uh, got me an interview on the second film with this AD, Jeffrey Wetzel. And we've been, we've been a team ever since. Uh, I've worked on a few movies with JP as his set PA with the uh, assistant director department. And he's been another mentor to me, um, both he and Dan, um, produced my short film, a Western that we did uh, called Agua Dulce, also a spiritual film, uh, super, supernatural Western. Oh, this is awesome. I'm hearing so much as you speak, I'm hearing so much about what the, what the heart and soul of this movie is about, coming together, forming community, supporting each other, lifting each other up while allowing each other to be who we actually are, right? Without Absolutely. those masks that we often feel we need in society. So, Edgar, as I'm hearing you speak about this part of your journey, it's it's also revealing to me that you have a beautiful heart. You know, that's quite obvious, even just from the two-minute clip I watched where you spoke about, you know, what attracted you to this project in the first place. And isn't that so wonderful? Because already we're seeing that people are drawn to each other very naturally, as you were with Sherry and Dan, how the project came about, mm -hmm. how... You know, this has been sitting there for 30 years waiting. Yes, yes. And, and, and Sherry and I spoke about that, how wonderful that to some it might have seemed like nothing was happening. And yet when you understand the deeper meaning, you can see, can't you? It was being nurtured the whole time. Otherwise, the idea would have just gone and it would never have gotten this far. It's true. I, a wise person, a friend of mine said this to me a long time ago that has kept me going all this time is that he, he said, time is not your friend, but timing is. And we should trust the timing of things. And uh, that's kept me going when I feel frustrated that projects wait, you know, gestate for so long that it feels like uh, that it'll never happen. And uh, Dan and Sherry have been shepherding this project for such a long time with different directors before me too. You know, it just, 
the right team hadn't come a, along yet. And, mm -hmm. uh, and the timing That's was the right key. for us. Yep. Uh, yes. That's the key, isn't it? The yep. We've got Sherry with us. Um, if you're watching anywhere else, guys, head on over to the Angel Hut Radio Facebook page and you can add your comments on the live stream and we can feed those over to, to Edgar. If you've got questions about the movie or about his career or anything else, please ask. Elaine is with us. Elaine's just like, we adore Elaine. She's with us so often. Um, so Hello, Elaine. <laughs> And Sherry, Sherry's there. Hey, Sherry. Sherry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Edgar, yeah, hi, Edgar from Sherry and Dan. I love being able to check out the comments like this. Yeah. So Edgar, before we get into who Ella is, I want to just ask you, because part of the passion that you've got for this movie is the fact that Ella is a single parent. She's a single mum. What? What really attracted you about that? What does that mean for you as, as, as a person? Well, two, two things. Um, when I was working as an assistant to this director, named, his name is Mike Figgis. He's a, he was a mentor of mine. He's the director of the film Leaving Las Vegas that uh, Nicolas Cage won the Oscar for. Uh, he has a producing partner named Annie Stewart. And Annie Stewart, I worked closely with her, and she was a single parent and watching her raise her son and produce a movie at the same time. And with, with her, I watched her produce three movies um, and raise her beautiful little boy, Milo. Um, and that really, I, I admired her so much for doing that, to be able to still produce this film for Mike and yet look after her little boy. And uh, it was a miracle. It really was. And I admired her very much for that. Uh, and also, you know, coming across from the Latino community, you do see a lot of, you know, broken homes, uh, single parents, you know, friends. Uh, but for me, it was in eighth grade, I experienced it a little bit uh, when my father went back to school. Yeah, my parents, both my parents are actual dentists in Juarez. And my dad went back to school to get his orthodontics license. And he was gone for a year. And that year, my mom was by herself with us and was taking care of the business plus us. And I felt that absence. So I can't, and that was only for a year. I can't imagine mm, yeah. what others go through that. And it was tough. And it was my eighth grade year. And that was the, probably the worst year that I had in, in school. Uh, and I know it had a lot to do with uh, missing my, my father. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And that, you know, it's, it's such a big job for a single parent because you're trying to be all things all the time, you know, and that's, I was a single parent for many years, twice. Um, and that was very, I found that very challenging. So for Ella, um, she's really been in a very tough situation, Ella being the main character um, and Danny, her son, who is 13 in the movie. So Ella's really struggled, hasn't she? Because not only is she on her own, but she's, she's really suffering in many, many ways. Tell us a little bit about Ella and, and how we can understand who she is and why she's so vital to this movie. Well, she is the, our, our gateway into this story of forgiveness you know, we, uh, Ella's had a checkered past. She's in trouble with the law and she's trying to make up those, those, you know, that time lost to her son. Uh, 
at all costs. And so she's taken harbor in this border community. Uh, we, we set it in my hometown of El Paso, Texas. Um, and right now with the, the divided country that we, we have right now in the United States with factions and left and right, um, when you see a community come together, regardless of that, uh, I always find that just uplifting and inspiring. And we wanted to set someone from that world, um, that working class uh, American uh, female perspective and put her into this Mexican American community. Uh, you know, Ella is from the South. Um, you know, there's been uh, strained relationships uh, with minorities uh, in the South. So I thought this was a great way to put these communities together and see what happens. And, uh, and Sherry really, I mean, to her credit, wrote this amazing female character and gave her this life. I mean, there was this one discussion I remember uh, having her, uh, we were talking about Danny and thinking, is Danny's kind of a jerk at this time. And and she just laughed. Like, you've never had parents. You've, you've never had. Boy. You've never had a. You've never had a son. You never had a a, a teenage uh, child. And so she really brought her experience as a mother to this. And you know the. I know that uh, you know raising a child is is hard, let alone many. And I know my mom. You know, there's five kids in my family that she raised, um, while also being a professional. Um, it, it was, it was difficult, you know? And so I, I admire that. And, and Ella, you know, being working class, uh, having a checkered past, not realizing her full potential and being put in this really endearing community that embraces her, but it also embraces her lack of faith, you know, because she is a non-believer, you know, she, she doesn't know how to ask for help. She's really stuck and she's going to go back to her old ways that got her into trouble in the first place in order to help her son. And that gets her into trouble in our film. And so it really is the Mexican American community to help her guide her and opening her eyes to the possibilities of what else is out there and to, you know, forgive yourself and, and knowing when to ask for help. And I'm, I guess, too, for Ella, you know, she's been in a very abusive relationship with Billy, who um, wants to keep her feeling very small so that he has control over her. So here she is. She's with these strangers. She's, you know, she's finally broken away from Billy. She's finally found that courage and she, she flees with Danny. And so I guess part of her journey now, Edgar, isn't it, is how is she going to then learn how to trust these people, right? Because trust has been in very short supply and reasons for trust. That's right. Very short supply for this young woman. She's had two years in prison. So she's got to be feeling pretty battered, not only by her relationship, but her prison experience and obviously you know, she's got to have had some pretty, you know, a pretty tough growing up time as well. So I think this also begins to reflect, doesn't it? The journey of hope that we all in one way or another need to go on. Yes, mm. it is a journey of hope, but it's also 
like you said, growing up in such a tough environment and having that be your experience, you have self-doubts, low self-esteem, and, uh, you know, you connect with anyone who gives you a little bit of attention. And Ella was attracted to um, the bad boys in many ways. Um, and uh, I empathize with that. I really do. Um, it's just, yeah, empathize with the choices that we make in order to feel secure, to feel loved. Yeah. And sometimes those choices are not good ones. We don't, we don't know it until yeah. it's too late. That's true. And then that makes it more difficult, doesn't it? Because suddenly we're not only faced with the consequences of the, of our choices, but we've got to somehow, because I've been in this situation myself um, where I've made some abysmal choices as a parent. And then my journey, and this is maybe one of the reasons I really connect with Ella so deeply is, was how do I then accept that? learn to make some sort of peace with it and not use it as a yardstick to measure my own shortcomings. And also to keep punishing yourself yep. for those shortcomings and for the, you know, in, in, in Ella's case, the rotten things that she did in her past, you know, uh, cheating, fraud, all those things that she felt that she had to do back when. And, uh, and we also empathize what a single parent would do to protect their child, mm -hmm. to move them forward in this world and, and keep them safe at all costs. Yeah. And that's a big job all on its own. Okay. So let's touch on Danny for a second. Sure. <laughs> you know, he's a teenage boy. He's going to have issues, right? I that know. is part of the territory, regardless of you know, what sort of a parent you've been. So... What can you tell us about Danny that might open his character up a little bit for us? Danny's really interesting because um, he's not your ordinary teenager. You know, he's really into architecture. He uh, follows one particular Latin American architecture, which is another reason why I uh, like the script so much. Uh, uh, he, he follows this architect and his studies and he is a nerd. He really is a geek and it, reminded me a lot about me about myself growing up because I grew up in Texas where everything was about football. It was about sports. It was about Cowboys. It was all of that. And I was into cinema and there was very few people I could talk to about my favorite directors, my favorite writers. And so, and I would follow them. Uh, and, you know, you feel kind of like an outsider for having these, this kind of taste uh, uh, <laughs> loves and passions and you can't really you know talk about films at that age without someone making fun of you or you know pounding you absolutely and Danny is the same way he, he he can't talk about architecture renewable energy and everything that he's into off-grid communities that he wants to make for his mom um, without him being ridiculed and that's exactly what happens and He's far too smart for his age. Uh, he really is the adult in this family between Ella uh, and himself. He, he really is the, the person that wants to take charge and be, um, you know, an influence on his mom. But, you know, his mom keeps getting into trouble with the choices that she makes. All, of course, on behalf of, his, of her son. All for Danny. 
yeah that gets gets her in trouble so okay so she's nabbed danny who's probably not too keen on (laughs) maybe the next lot of choices his mother's about to make for him but he's got to go with her he can't stay with billy right Right, this is a bad situation um you know ella's really been beaten up we won't go into detail about that but she's been beaten up and she knows I have got to get my kid. I have got to get us out of here. How does she find herself in this border town? How was, does she get there? Like what makes her choose to go there? Well, that's all backstory really. And uh, the idea was that she was running for many, uh, many years trying to escape Billy and she finds refuge in this community. It just, it's where the car might have run out of gas. You know, it was one of those things that let's get as far away from this guy as possible. And they land uh, just outside of El Paso, Texas, on this border community where literally there is a wall, a border wall dividing these two cities that are sister cities. I mean, growing up in that, in that environment, you know, Ciudad Juarez in Mexico and El Paso, Texas, it was one city for many years until the border came the Mexican-American War happened and, and, and uh, Mexico lost that part of the land to the United States. So this big city, the sister city was split in half. So you have- you were, born in, you were born in El Paso yourself, weren't you? Yes, I was. I was born and raised in El Paso. got all these heart connections going on. It's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so here she is. So she, um, she, you know, she has to live somewhere. So she lives in a trailer and inside that trailer is something that is so pivotal that she could never know beforehand the journey this old TV that's in the trailer is about to take her on, Edgar. That's the catalyst, really. I mean, first, you know, the the incident that sets her off is that Danny's accepted into this architecture school in Chicago for a summer program that will guarantee him college admittance down the line. So at all costs, she must find the money so that he can attend this class. Meanwhile, uh, she is working as a waitress in a Mexican-American restaurant, making minimum wage, living off tips. And she finds herself, how am I gonna find the money for this? On top of that, her son Danny turns the TV on one day. It's an old TV because obviously they can't afford a new one. And the TV kind of explodes and there's this glitch on the TV that's humming this signal, that is radiating this signal that she doesn't know what it is, but the Mexican-American community around her see this signal and they think, oh my God, this is an angel. This is angel energy and an angel is living in your TV. Of course, Angel, uh, of course, Ella being the skeptic says it's a broken TV. This is nonsense. (laughs) Wake up, people. (laughs) It's It's nonsense, you know, but because she likes these, you know, elderly ladies telling her, yes, that that is an angel on your TV. She allows them to sit and stare at the TV. And pretty soon miracles start to happen. You know, people can start to walk and soon word spreads that this TV has healing energy and it spreads throughout the community. And pretty soon her little trailer is overwhelmed with believers and wow. she can't believe it herself. She refuses to believe it, but she plays the part because now she can charge admittance to the TV or, or donations, as she calls it, uh, so that she can raise the money for her son. 
Uh, and it's exciting, isn't it? Because I bet people watching now and, and later and listening on the podcast, I bet you've had moments like this, maybe not with the TV with the glitch in it, mm-hmm. but you've had moments that seem so ordinary. But then later when you look back and reflect, you realise that was a massive doorway mm-hmm. and everything was about to change. Absolutely. And I, I'll go back to my meeting Dan and Sherry for the first time. Um, the story I forgot to tell you that I was living in Los Angeles, I had graduated from film school, and I got my first job working as assistant to two producers. And I lasted about five months before they fired me. <laughs> yeah, it was humiliating. And uh, I had just uh, rented a condo. I was doing well. I was on my own. And now I lost my job. And uh, I didn't know what to do. Uh, I called my sister and I begged her not to tell my parents. Uh, but of course, she told my dad and my dad called me and he said, you know what, you've been going, you've been in school for four years, you graduated on a Friday, you started this job on a Monday, and you really didn't have any time to rest, you wanted to write, why don't you come home for a year, relax, rest, don't worry about anything, we'll, you know, and, and heal. And that was the greatest thing that he did for me that I was able to leave Hollywood, come back to my hometown, and rest and heal. And I kid you not, that three months later, my favorite, I hear, I hear that my favorite filmmaker, Walter Hill, is coming to town to, to shoot a movie in El Paso. And the costume designer of that film, Dan Moore, who had just gotten married to Sherry. This is so cool. I'm yeah. just loving this so much. And it's so exciting because, again, we see that while it might appear that we're very different to others. Mm-hmm. Our stories at the, at the basis of our stories, of our lives and experiences, there are similar themes and patterns running through for all of us. They might look different and take on different forms. But one of the main themes I'm hearing about now, you're talking about, it, some people might call it coincidence. It's the synchronicity and the kindness that drives the synchronicity, like, you know, come home, you know, that that, the compassion, the love. Mm -hmm. And this is so exciting, Edgar, because this energy carries with it so many opportunities and Mm -hmm. opportunities that we don't know exist until they start to occur. One of the books I read in, in college for the first time was The Alchemist. I, I don't know if you're familiar with that oh, book. Oh, yeah. Paolo Coelho's book. And that line that says that if you have a dream deep in your soul, you know, the universe will conspire to help you achieve it. And I never saw it work until, you know, I was there fired, going back to El Paso, getting on that set. Because I had to sneak onto that set. I really tried hard to get on as best I could, but I snuck onto that set. And, and uh, the, how I got on that set was that the local university was, uh, the theater arts department was leading um, a tour. Uh, the costume designer was leading a tour for these theater arts students. And I was able to sneak in and pretend to be a theater arts student. <laughs> and that's how I met Dan. Wow. You know? This is very cool because, and, and then I can see that there's this this similarity with with Ella. She's pretending to be this angel lady, right? Correct. Like you were pretending to be the student. So this wonderful magical um, connection you have mm-hmm. to these, because it's like 
I am so invested in these characters now mm-hmm. that it, to me they're not sort of people on the page anymore. I want to know. I want to connect. Mm-hmm. I want to see expressions on their faces. I want to experience, you know, the burgeoning hope. Uh, all of this is so, going to be so beautiful in the movie. And as we know, there's a team that puts these things together, right? We've got an unseen team and we've got an earthly team of helpers. Who? Yeah. What can you tell us about the team that you've been so blessed to work with and are working with? Uh, well, as I mentioned, Dan Moore, uh, costume designer, producer. He also produced my short film. Um, and then Sherry, writer, producer. And then uh, Jeffrey Wetzel, who was that first AD who's also on that film, that I met on uh, in El Paso and, and who would later hire me on my second film uh, when I moved back to Los Angeles. And um, Jeffrey's experience as an AD uh, is gonna come very much you know, handy when we start actually making the film. And of this course, we, we, we have a group of, you know, of friends and family that are supporters that, you know, that will help us get through the finish line. Um, and people like you and, and, and uh, your listeners as well. Uh, it, it, it takes a village. It really does. And, you know, we, we, the whole point of this, of this film is we state that angels are real and they, and they walk among us. And I believe that, you know, they may not be heavenly creatures, but yet they're of this earth, but have that angel energy that they want to help, that they want to communicate, that they, that they, that they are here to connect those coincidences to our lives that, you know, you can't explain. You yep. know, those, those little miracles that happen that you can't explain otherwise, like how did this happen? You know, Absolutely. and I'm, and and that's what it is. And, and, and also going back to what you said about pretending, you know, we put on these masks every day and pretend to be something we're not or afraid to reveal our true selves. And I'm fascinated with those characters, you know, uh, that mm-hmm. put on a, a, a brave face or put on something else so that they feel like they can be accepted and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and to belong. And that's the yeah. yearning, you know, that yearning to belong. And, and Ella definitely, and, and, and so does, uh, you know, her son, uh, you know, it, it, they have that, that yearning to belong. Yeah. And don't we all... Don't we all have that yearning in one way or another? And that yearning often, so often, translates to I'm not good enough, I'm unacceptable, I'm broken, I'm unworthy. And this is one of the things I love so much about Ella um, because you can completely understand how she feels that way. And yet, and yet, magic exists in every moment. Call it what you will. You know? and those those magic moments exist exist in our team as well. You know, I of the people that I've met on this journey. You know, it's beginning with Dan and Sherry, and and it just branched out of those people that have helped me in this industry get the jobs that I've gotten, the education right. that I've received, the mentorship that I've received. It all stems from these angelic beings, mm-hmm. as I call them, because they have been um, my guides. Uh, through the 20 plus years that, you know, after I graduated from film school. Yeah. Yep. I'm just sending a couple of messages because we're receiving some feedback as we go along. And um, 
Elaine says she's loving this talk, which is fab. Um, I've written in the comments there that, you know, thank you, everyone, for being a part of this village, mm-hmm. this village for this movie, this village for this message, this village, this, the village that's going to support getting this out to the world. So one of the Belinda sending love. So one of the most important things you can do, guys, is um, head on over to Angel Lady Movie on Facebook, like the page, follow the page. It may seem like, you know, pretty insignificant, but it actually adds up and it does support this movie in ways that, you know, you might not even recognise. And we really want, we need stories like that. We need stories, movies, film that have heart and soul, hope, redemption in a way that we've not really experienced before. This is part of, you know, as Sherry said, it's not, it's more than a movie. It's a movement, this movement that we're a part of. We need to bring it in breathe life into it, you know, inject our love into it and our support and a simple like and a follow from you will make a huge difference because not only does it, yes, I can write that name down for you, Belinda, well done, gorgeous, and thank you for asking. Uh, Not only does it make a difference in that way, there's another way you can also help make a difference. This movie was originally called The Glitch, right? Right. Right. So now being Angel Lady, new page, all those other people that like The Glitch page all over there, nothing's happening, (laughs) right? Guys, get yourself over. Like and follow Angel Lady movie on Facebook. It's, you know, get the village thriving. Mm. That's right. And Sherry says, thank you all for liking and following our page. Me too. Mm. Okay, Edgar, that Tony Robbins quote. I love that quote. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Right. Yes. Thank you. Sorry. My head, my head, thank you. Tony Robbins. Yes. Uh, You know, it it was, I was, I was taking his course and what was fascinating is, you know, the discussion of trust and how that comes about. And uh, he said something really interesting that most people, you know, you speak to them, they're not going to trust you. Uh, and it's hard to gain trust. But he did say that the way to gain that trust is that we as people trust anything that touches, moves or inspires us. And those three things, and, and, and we are more susceptible to trusting those things that move our hearts and inspire us and, uh, and move our souls. And it's true. You know, you think about all those movies, those stories that moved you, uh, the people that have touched your heart, you trust them. Yeah. And, uh, and that's how you, you gain that trust. And, and you go back to your heart and soul, um, in, in Mexico, uh, there is a, a saying called cariño, which is tenderness. And uh, in Texas, tenderness is taboo. It's one of those things because uh, uh, in, in Texas, you feel like you have to be a man that you cannot show feelings, that you cannot show your tender side. But uh, I was blessed to have a father that was very tender to you know uh, his three sons, his two daughters, that we, we were 
we were embraced by that and we all felt that love. So I never felt the need to be overtly macho, even though my culture seems to, you know, breathe it. Um, uh, and also in Texas for that matter. But, and because I had sisters and, 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 and saw them, I, I felt that, that I could, that I had permission to be that. And, uh, and it stayed with me. You know, and, and that's what this world needs right now, a little tenderness uh, when we are trying to heal. And, uh, and God knows we need it. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that because tenderness can take so many forms. It can simply, it can be an act of great kindness, but it can also be a look, yeah. a smile, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we all have that capacity somewhere inside us. Yeah, right. And, and this is why I think it's very important that we highlight this. And this is what Angel Heart Radio really is all about. Mm -hmm. How can we support you to remember your own magnificence? And this is the journey that Ella is on, right? That's right. And, 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 the importance of asking for help. I didn't realize that I had the trouble of asking for help until I was watching this movie. I don't know if you remember the film 127 Hours. Uh, no. it, it was James Franco. It's this true story of that poor uh, young man that was out hiking one day and the boulder fell on his arm and he was stuck. Oh my God. And he couldn't move. And so he literally had to cut off his arm to survive. That's why but, I didn't see it, because I yeah, couldn't come It's that. a brutal film, but the, the film's message was that. I mean, at, by the time you're seeing, you're experiencing what he went through. After he does the deed and he literally cut off his hands, he is looking for help. And he can't get the words out. He can't get the word help out, even at that state, until he finally screams it and people hear him. I just broke down and wept. From that and I realized oh my god I I have a trouble I have trouble asking for help you know and it goes back to that thing of like are we worthy enough are we do I deserve that help and it's really it really hit home for me brilliant and Ella is that you know because yes. of her checkered past she's not going to ask for help even though these ladies are telling her these Mexican-American ladies in this community even they're telling you, you have the healing energy coming from your TV. All you have to do is ask for help. What do you want? She won't believe it. She can't. Yeah. She yeah. can't embrace yeah. that. Yeah. And, and see, that's, that's the thing too, because when we begin to open, well, in my experience anyway, as I began to open to hope, Edgar, mm -hmm. a couple of things happened for me. The terror increased. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I became so afraid of, of the hope. It, was, it felt much safer not to have any. Mm -hmm. But this is where then the courage comes in. And for me, as, as many of you know, you know, the angels have been so incredibly supportive and instrumental in my own journey of healing and hope and now flourishing. Um, Having that experience helps me to understand why it feels so risky to hope. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing, isn't it? If we don't do it, we'll never experience it. 
Right. It's the, but oh, there's the journey of courage, isn't it? It's that great. It's, you know, getting all your courage together, like this bloke having to, you know, do his arm. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, um, courage. It really is. It comes down to courage. Yeah, and it does. And it's why I think I love Westerns so much, because it is. They're all you know, odes to courage and, uh, and what we do to survive, to go on, to get through that door, get through that wall. Mm, I used to love Westerns when I was a kid and I always wanted to change my name to Miss Kitty. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> you know, it's just movies are so awesome, Edgar. I adore, I adore movies. I adore really good stories. They, you know, they have that capacity to absolutely transport me and connect me with, with the characters, the story, the backstory. I, I care about them. And this is what's happening with, with this movie, Angel Lady. I care about Ella. I care about Danny. And even though Billy is an absolute bully, I care about him as well. I'm always hoping that Billy is going to somehow find the courage to change the way he expresses himself in the world. But I'm not attached to Billy, but mm -hmm. I'm very attached to the others yeah. and the characters that I haven't met yet. So I forget, what's that lady's, the woman's name? The medicine, she's like a medicine woman? Yeah, Doña Maria. Yes. Tell us about her. Doña Maria, it, you know, that, that comes really from uh, my love of, of the indigenous culture in Mexico. Um, you know, my great-grandmother was a, a curandera and she was a medicine woman. And I didn't know her, but my mom would tell stories about her. And I just, knowing where you come from and your past and your history, we forget that those that's treasure. I mean, like the, going back to the alchemist, that's exactly what it is that you don't know where the treasure is and where you'll find it is your home. It's been under your feet the whole time, the whole time, the, the yep. whole time. And it's, and it's who you are and where you come from. And once you embrace that, you'll find the riches that you thought eluded you for many mm -hmm. years. And that's, that's exactly what it was for when I started studying my culture and my background, where I come from and the miracles that had to happen for my grandparents to meet, for my parents to meet, for life to be produced. Um, it's just an incredible just to think about it. As a, as a matter of fact, the Western that I was telling you about the short, it really is about everything that has to happen for two people to come together to create a life and what that life does and the, the, the lineage that that creates. And that's heritage. That's that's yep. the stuff that fascinates me. Oh, I'm the same. I'm the exact same. In fact, I heard Mike Dooley um, talk about, um, you know, like making an apple pie from scratch. You think it means that you've got to go and get organic apples and, you know, organic ingredients. But really, when you think about it, first of all, to, you know, to create an apple pie from scratch, you've got to have a planet that supports the exact right combination of water, of sun, of environment, of you know everything for the tree to grow, for the seed to be able to be produced. And that's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, it's, it's those, it goes far beyond the obvious, far beyond the surface story. And that's and what I'm fascinated with. The it's, it's, it's the what's beneath the surface, right? All the yeah. roots, all the roots that happen down here in order for there to be life. And exactly. That, I'm exactly. interested in those roots, you know. 
Mm-hmm. That's that's what I love too. Oh, yeah. I just get so charged up about that. It's such an exciting journey, isn't it? Because yeah. every single discovery leads you to another one. That's right. That's right. Yep. And, th- and those are the coincidences that we're talking about that because you make this one choice for whatever reason, it leads to this and you don't know w- where that's going to lead to. I mean, there's always, there was a, another book that my father gave me was this philosopher Osho who talked about choices, right? And he talked about, you know, there's the known and the unknown. And most people will choose what they know 99% of the time, that that's a safe choice. Let's move there. But he says that the unknown, I mean, what is the ultimate unknown in the universe is, you know, he describes as what we call God, the universe, however you want to describe the divine. And that is the unknown. And think about it. We never choose the unknown because of that. We're always choosing the known. But if there comes a point in that crossroad that you know which way one goes, choose the unknown path because that's you're choosing the divine every yeah, time exactly and your heart will tell you it's right yeah, your right. head may say are you nuts go yeah. the other way this is just right. going to be but your heart somehow knows edgar it's like this incredible radar that's always got the divine no the blip you see the blip blip yeah. blip you mm-hmm. know it's always connected it's always um supporting us and carolan uh, is in the comments as well. And she's saying, I love your comments on asking for help, Edgar. It's all we, it's it's something we all experience at various times in our lives. And that then again, it is exactly what you're talking about. It's all of us. Mm-hmm. We might put up walls. We might speak different languages. We might have different customs. But at the end of the day, <laughs> that even matters. Right. I'm glad you brought up customs because that's another thing that I, I've learned, realized that people forget that logic is 100% cultural. Mm-hmm. And what's logical to one culture is illogical to another. And that's where we have to find those common grounds and not just assume because one culture does things one way while another does it another way. And that's, that's where those differences come together. And then we, we realize that if we really take a step back and look, okay, let's look at their point of view for a second. How are they doing this? Then you yeah. realize that, you know, through their point of view, it is logical. Absolutely. And, and that's how we find a common ground. And we realize, I mean, going back to movies, why I love movies so much, because A, they unite us. They really do. They touch us, they inspire us, they, they move us, but yet they unite us. And I do believe that movies, cinema has the power of healing in many ways. Too. You know, and uh, that's what I love about movies and why oh, I'm the back. same. I am yeah. absolutely the same. And, you know, as you were speaking there about, you know, about customs, I re- it really brought to mind so clearly when I was um, hosting international students who were, who were here to learn English as a second language. Mm-hmm. It was just the most extraordinary four years. Like, oh, my God, I'm so grateful. It was so beautiful. And I remember a Japanese girl came and she had no English. So I had to ask her, do you eat eggs, right? Not everybody can eat eggs. Some people are allergic to them. So how do I ask this very important question? <laughs> I thought, oh, yeah, that's right. It's going to be really easy. So I just went, you. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. And she laughed and laughed and laughed and I laughed and laughed and laughed. And right in that moment, there was no barrier at all. Right. Language was completely irrelevant. And we worked out how to communicate mm-hmm. as I did with all of my all of my gorgeous students. And I had 54 students yeah. come through my home in that four-year period. And it was it was a golden time in life. And they taught me every one of them. You brought, that you bring the up only a, barriers that exist are the ones that we think are there. That's right. I mean, you bring up a good point about visual communication, right? And that's what cinema is. I mean, growing up, uh, my dad did not speak English. We spoke Spanish at the house. And so when I would take him to the movies, I'd have to translate for him. And as you can imagine, being in a movie theater and I'm whispering to him, people are telling you to shut up. So I learned quickly that the only two kinds of movies that I could take my father to were action films and comedies because those are the (laughs) most visual stories. And if you, and that's what I love about cinema, that if you really have a great story and you can tell it visually, it doesn't matter what people are saying. That's the great thing about silent films. Um, and, And if you look at the, at the, at the classic films that move us, the visual storytelling is, what uh, what we I think, you know, grasp and relate and feel. Yeah, you know? it's so true. I watched a movie um, called Intouchables, and it's in French. I think. Oh yeah, great movie. Yeah. Oh. oh my god, it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. And I was watching, it thinking, oh, you know, I'm reading the subtitles, and by the end of the movie, mm-hmm. I completely forgot it wasn't in English. Yeah, and yeah. it really proved to me that that barrier that I had that said, oh, I don't really like reading subtitles. I have to leave the movie to watch it. That proved to me that that was a false idea appearing real, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And um, we've got <laughs> Elaine says, you are hilarious, Anaya. <laughs> Caroline says, you crack me up, Anaya. I love your chicken. <laughs> and it would have set up just the right communication pathways. So this is, I mean, that might seem like, you know, what's I got to do with, but it's exactly what we're talking about, isn't it, Edka? Yeah. How do we communicate with people in a way that connects our hearts? That's right. And that's right? it. That's right. It. The connection of the heart. Yeah. You know, I go, I, uh, I go back to Close Encounters of the third kind of Spielberg film, right? Oh, where you, yes. Where you have the visual elements and, but it's the way that the, you know, the aliens from another planet, the extraterrestrials choose to communicate is through music for notes. And that's, that's it, you know, music is such an important pathway straight to our hearts that you combine that with visuals, you have a visual communication, then you add music to that. I mean, that's, that's what, the, what makes the soul sing and the heart just goes with you. And that's what I love about cinema. And the untouchables, I mean, think about those two characters. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. it, it, I recommend that movie to everyone watching. It's a beautiful French film. It was remade in America. That I and yeah, it, I never I, watched it. Did you? I never watched the remake either, just because I love the original so yes. much that I didn't want to, you know. And that's not judging against the American version. Oh, uh, absolutely but, not. It's just that when you love something so much, yeah, it's almost like this is my moment. Mm-hmm. 
of connection with this movie and the fact that it was in French and I don't normally watch subtitled movies because I find some of those subtitles are very, very teeny and I yes. got to get my glasses on and, right, you know, right. blah, 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 blah. Um, but the thing that really knocked my socks off, Edgar, at the end of the movie when I found out it's about real people, I've watched it twice so far. Yeah. I've watched it a few times too. I saw it, so I think, beautiful. twice in the cinemas. Um, I own it on Blu-ray. I, I, it, it's a special film. Uh, yeah. It really is. And those two actors, uh, I wish I could remember their names right now, but oh, um, they're just uh, amazing communicators. Yeah, because it was absolutely. all, if you look at the great thing about I love actors is that their craft, their, their tools, their face, it's the face and how they communicate, uh, not with what they say, but, you know, through their instrument. And that is their body, their face. And um, these two actors were amazing with that. They really were. They yeah. were, for me, they were, they, they, they stepped out of a movie and they just stepped straight into my heart. Yes. And I just loved my time with them. And I felt like not only had I enjoyed the, the story, et cetera, but what really happened for me was I felt like these people had touched me in a way that added something to my world. That's right. And, and that's, right? What, that's, what, that's the power of cinema. And that's what we want with our film, Angel Lady. Yes. And, and that's what I'm so excited. Yes. I want to know about the music now. I want to, like, I can't wait to find out all of these aspects because I can see just talking to you, talking to Sherry, and I'm sure the other team you've gathered, you know, because these, you know, like souls attract like souls. I can, I can feel that there is a very special energy running through this project. And whether or not people believe in angels, I can feel there's a whole big angel team behind it as well bringing this energy to earth in a very important way at a very powerful time i also want to stress that this that yes this film is about uh angel angel energy but it's also about skepticism you know yeah. we want to invite those who don't believe to watch this film because it, it, it doesn't matter it's it's uh it really is about the people that come together in your life. And that's real. I mean, there's no, there's nothing magical about that except the circumstances that have to happen in order for you to meet this person. That's the miracle. That's the magic. But when you, when you're face to face with a person that touches, that moves you, that inspires you, um, that's real. You know, yeah. how you can come together, that's the miracle because all sorts of things had to happen for that meeting to take place. That's, that's right. If you think about being point. when you meet someone, Edgar, mm -hmm. and you think about how you came together, if you were three seconds yes. earlier or later, yes. and that's what I love because you don't have to believe in anything like this. It, right. That's irrelevant. It's not necessary. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, that's not going to matter to your experience. What's going to matter to your experience is the heart and soul of this movie. Yes. You know, people the people, forget, the people yeah, that's right. It, it's yeah. the relationships in our lives. That's what mm. we, we really, well, it comes down to in movies. The movies that really mean something to us isn't necessarily about the triumph of the individual character, which is part of it, but it's also the community that, that is around them, that supports them, that, um, that they build. I mean, 
you know, one of my favorite Westerns is the outlaw Josie Wales. And that whole movie is about these misfits coming together and creating this family. You know, they, we, people forget about that, that in, inside this Clint Eastwood Western, it really is about a community coming together and forming a family. Um, same with uh, the films that I referenced in the video, video you saw, with Places in the Heart, you know, the mm. wonderful film by Robert Benton with Sally Field, where she is a widowed um, woman in the depression in Texas. And she has two little kids to care for. And, you know, she has a cotton field. And, you know, during the, 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 the racism of that time, she finds help with an African-American who knows how to, you know, grow cotton. And yeah. they form this family with another, you know, <clears throat> misfit, a blind uh, person uh, played by John Malkovich that is kind of discarded by his family and thrown with hers. I mean, it's, it really is about those mis misfits that come together and create this beautiful community. And that's what happens with our low self-esteem. Sometimes we, you know, we, we connect with people that are like us and we build that bond and then we can create community that way. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I love this, this story so much, because that's what happens with, with Ella and Danny, that they come to this Mexican-American community that where she grew up, most likely, and again, this is all backstory, Mexicans were looked down upon, you know? Yeah. And yet yeah. here, here, here she is, she's, um, she's being embraced by this community that her own community rejected growing up. Mm. Yes, and, 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 you know, there's so much in that because I don't think it really matters, quite honestly, what kind of family we come from, how together we seem on the outside, you know, to the outside world or how, you know, crazy we seem to the outside world. We all have the same needs. Uh, we all have the same hopes. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is to be loved and accepted, to see love, care and respect reflected back to us in the eyes of another that's, that's it isn't it mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's it wonderful and, and, <gasps> i can't wait for it i can't wait to hear more yes <laughs> yeah well i was just going to add to that that you're right it is that the reflection of it and how we can achieve it you know and it's taken me a long time to realize this but it really comes down to helping others mm -hmm. you know it really does that you know you take the attention away from yourself and you help others that love is reflected back that way immediately with that gratitude. Uh, and just knowing that you made a difference in another person's life. And uh, that's, that's gold. You it's know, that's absolute gold. Mm -hmm. You know, my young grandson, Bailey, who's about to turn nine, he's at that age now where there's no hugging, you know, in public anymore. You know, there's people around, oh, yeah. you know, no, 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 no. And even at home, it, we've always been big huggers and he's not, He's growing up and he's learning about being an individual, right? So I was with him the other day and he was doing his homework. And you know how you see people, they're jiggling their legs left, right and centre. And I'm watching his legs thinking, oh, my God, he's, he's not even nine because um, it was a glass top table. And then I got it, Edgar. He's mm -hmm. writing furiously and his writing's atrocious. And I got it in an instant. And I said, I finally got it, Bailey. I said, your brain goes so fast mm -hmm. that your hand can't keep up. Yeah. Yeah. And he just went, Phew. his legs stopped jiggling. 
And it was an amazing thing from that one genuine observation, the yeah. difference. And then when I left, he threw his arms open for a massive hug. Oh, that's great. Right? Well, so, it, 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 it's that thing when yeah. you see that person for who they are. Yeah. You know, um, I see you. Just that, that sentence along, like, I see you. I know who you are. And I'm acknowledging that that's, you know, that's enough for people to embrace, for people to appreciate, you know, just your clarity okay. and your observation. Absolutely. It, everything, uh, it's all beneath the surface. And when people can see beneath our surface, given the masks that we wear, the pretending that we do, and when they see you, I mean, it hits your soul. It does. Yeah. And it changes. Yeah. It, it, it's not a momentary thing that stays in, in you mm-hmm. and will always be there forever. Right. Right. Uh, and that's what's so beautiful about it. Now, Caroline says, um, Edgar, you mm-hmm. are an amazing guest. Oh, thank Your you. energy has blended so well with Anaya. Your caring and insight is a blessing for all. I would second that. You are fabulous. I love your energy. That two-minute video I saw with you, which is on the um, the page Angel, Angel Lady movie, you'll yep. see it in the video section. It was just great. And I saw you and I thought, oh, I just, I just want to talk to you. <laughs> I want to share you. I want people to know how amazing you are because that's your natural energy. You bring that to this film naturally so therefore it's already got that wonderful aspect to it and uh, elaine says thank you for your beautiful caring heart edgar oh thank you that's really that's sweet great. that's great mm-hmm. it's beautiful yeah. this has just been so enjoyable and i've just loved it and i feel like i could talk to you for another hour um <laughs> but you know we can get let's get you back Get sure, you back sure. with Sherry, you know, as things progress. Um, bet you guys would love that, right? Yeah, as things are progressing. Hey, you know, what's the scoop? Absolutely. You know, where you're at, that would be brilliant. But stay with me now because we, you know, we're going to have a chat with Sherry afterwards. Okay. Um, but I want to thank you so much for everything you shared with us today, Edgar. It's just been so wonderful. My pleasure. My pleasure, Naya. Thank you for having me. Great pleasure. And thank you, everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm just so grateful to have spent this time with you. And uh, as you go out into the world today, tonight, tomorrow, and next week, and forevermore, remember to be kind to you. Kindness is so powerful and so important. And the kinder you are to yourself, not only the more kindness will you receive from others, but the more you will model that for others in the world. Thanks, everyone. We love you. We care about you. And we look forward to so much more sharing. And, yes, I can stop the live stream. Thanks, everyone. See you soon. Bye. You've been listening to another fabulous program on Angel Heart Radio. Our goal is to remind you of how much you matter in the world and to let you know that we appreciate who you are in the world. Angel Heart Radio programs are powerful tools. They are not intended, nor should they, be used to replace your medical or legal advice. The views and opinions expressed by Angel Heart Radio hosts, guests, 
co-hosts and associates should not be construed as advice from Angel Heart Radio. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.